You're listening to a podcast from RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 22. Yes, yes, two twos. You can't say two enough with 22, can you? <laughs> and speaking two with the two behind it, right? Y- or yes, two in front yes, of it? yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had a little trouble with Bobby. Uh, yeah, twelve. Yeah, twelve. Twenty-one. <laughs> he must be great at blackjack. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. So, uh, Joe Conti is here with me, uh, the uh, the number two man uh, from uh, the Bob Levy show. It's because I'm not worth shit. Yes, every time you take a number two, well, you know who to think of. We think of you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right, Joe, how's life treating you? Uh, you know, just uh, getting all this stuff together, um, getting married in uh, less, about, uh, almost exactly two months from now, and we're just trying to get all the the final details and all that. It's it's a little bit of pain in the ass, but there's no. Everybody says, "Oh my God, it's so stressful." It's like, nah, just get this shit done, and uh, that day, whatever whatever happens, you know, falls into place. Shit, just uh, everybody makes such a big. Well, I think I think it's a girls seem to you know they, yeah. they get all stressed out and everything's got to be perfect and nothing's perfect. No, you know, you know, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, I'm, we're, we're still trying to figure out because um, my cousin's going to DJ, you know, which is always good. You know, some <laughs> Dago greaseball wop from Jersey is going to be playing every fucking uh, club song from 1986. <laughs> Don't you forget about me. <laughs> you know, the Jungle Brothers in my hut. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know. <laughs> Well, that would be appropriate. Yeah, you know. To, oh, man, because I, I, I used to DJ back in, like, the, I, I DJed from, like, 88 to, like, 94, and Damn. I used to spin uh, fucking records and make, you know, make mixed tapes for yeah. people. And, oh, the shit that I did to try to get pussy, that <laughs> all failed. Well, you can understand the desperation, and uh, oh, you can't God. deny the drive, so... Yeah, but yes, you do look back on it and like, oh my god. Yeah, strictly just to do it, just to like, because I can hook up with girls. Yeah, and uh, no, it didn't happen. It was like, do you have this song? I'd be like, yeah, and I'd be like, good. I'm yeah. gonna go bump and grind with the really good looking guy over there. <laughs> exactly. While you play the great song, chump. Yeah, no matter how clever you were or what you did, you know, even if it was really good, you were always it was friend zone, and that was about it. Yeah, that's the best yeah. you could hope for. When you were three, like me, yeah, you know, it's like that. It's pretty much what you're gonna expect, and um, yeah, like even with comedy, same thing. Like, you know, granted, when you're, you know, like when you're huge in a, in a huge uh, comic, there's because you're famous. There's yeah. a celebrity thing, but everybody says, oh, you know, you get, you know, you get a lot of chicks doing comedy. I'm like, no. If you want to get chicks, learn how to play guitar. You know, <laughs> be a you know one of those douchebags who sits under a tree and fucking you know plays acoustic guitar. Yeah, the acoustic guitar within flip flops and everything. Yeah, exactly. With a little, with a little small fucking tipperillo in your mouth. <laughs> but with comedy, it's like, oh my god, you're so funny, and then. And then, uh, you know, because I entertained them and gave them a great time with their boring-ass fucking nine-and-a-half boyfriend, yeah, <laughs> he gets blown in the parking lot because I entertained him. Your only shot is when uh, the boyfriend screws up and gets him really mad, you know, and that kind of yeah. thing. And then, But that's only, I mean, if, if you're involved and you're, like, feeling like you're in love with him, boy, it's a bad day to be you. Because uh, <laughs> that one shot is all you get. And the next day, she's like, I'm really sorry this happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- there's been like little, you know, um, a, a little here, a little there. Because yeah. um, girls, are, I think because they people see you as an entertainer, you know, because you're on stage, the spotlight's on you. So yeah. there's something cool about that. You know, like uh, even when you're watching a, a, a band. I remember watching this fucking band. There was these 
they were called swashbuckle. Have you ever heard of them? No. <laughs> These guys, they do. It's called. I, it's like pirate music, right? It's I would I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah, they all dress up like pirates and shit, and, and they did our show, mine and Kenny's show, uh, years and years ago. Funny guys, they stay in their characters, right? They're hilarious, right? <laughs> arr. So, arr, yeah, arg. <laughs> they do all that, right? It's great. So one day we went because they were playing locally, and and Kenny and me and a few other people were like, we gotta go see these guys. And I tell you, because the the lead the lead singer, you know, he was like this big. Like big heavy guy and like really rough looking, you know, like rough looking. Like in other words, he's the 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 uh, bizarro world version of like a a male model. You know what I mean? Like the complete opposite of like a male model. So he wasn't Jim, he wasn't Jim Morrison. No, 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 no. He wasn't Jim Morrison at all. Uh, and I remember watching him, and he was just the guy was just fucking hilarious on stage and just great. And the music was fine, you know, it was good. And I sat there. And I was in awe, and I just sat there and go, now I know why women fuck these guys. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I had a fucking, what do they call that? I almost had a male fuck. what do they call that, a male crush or whatever on the dude? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Gee, yeah, oh, I'm sitting oh. there going, I love this guy. So he got your underwear, huh? Well, yeah, of course. He, <laughs> he used it as a bra on the front of his Trans Am, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you buried him in it when you threw it on the stage. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It looked like <laughs> looked like a Spider Man fucking trap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, but it was. Uh, but it really does show. I think because comedy doesn't. You know, comedy it, it, it releases endorphins and it makes you feel good. Yeah. But there's nothing like music, dude. You know, yeah, it's like that's the, yeah. a song. I mean, the greatest fucking bit in the world. You know, the Chris Rock. I love black people, but I hate niggas. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's a classic, classic bit. But it doesn't. I mean, it makes me laugh, and it, you know, and as a comic, you know, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But you know, um, you know, I listen to fucking. You know, I'll I'll hear like an amazing fucking. I'll I, I listen. I'll hear fucking. Uh, a Captain Jack by Billy Joel, and it makes it, it it emotes emotion out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a power to it. Yeah, there really yeah, is. No matter that, what it is, no matter what the music does, and music can make you th like. Uh, whenever I hear Ozzy, like Ultimate Sin album, yeah, or Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love, yeah. it brings me back to my junior year in high school. Yeah, because that's what it sounded like. Because <laughs> that's what that's what my juniors and it's uh, it's amazing how they can make your fucking hairs on your arms fucking just stand up and i'm babbling i can't believe this is your show not my show <laughs> but you're the guest so you everybody's know. listening going would this guy shut the fuck up for two seconds and let the host emote that sexy deep barry white fucking white voice <laughs> yes you can uh dm me to for the address to where to send your panties ladies um <laughs> Uh, you know Barry White, I swear to God, he's got to be the only songwriter in history that used the word shtick in a song. Really? Which one was that? It's, uh, I'm never ever going to give you up. Oh, never, yeah. Ever. Yeah, and he goes, because quitting ain't my shtick. Yeah. I'm like, wow, he used the word <laughs> shtick in a song. Well, with his voice, he could. Yeah, but it actually worked. I don't do, I've never heard the word shtick in yeah. a song before. Yeah, I don't think so. That might nope. be the only one. Wow. Nope. Yeah. Well, there's a that's trivia. It. That's a trivia moment. <laughs> yeah, you see, when so you right. tune into the Mr. Nilsson show, you never know what you're going to learn. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but that's true. You know, it reminds me of an, uh, an Eddie Murphy joke where he was saying, you know, if you, you know, if you're really ugly and you want to get laid, you know, become a rock star. <laughs> because he was talking about like, like Mick Jagger. When you really look at him, he's really ugly. You yeah, know, uh, and yet he was a yeah. sex god all his life. You know. What was the famous thing where Julia Roberts was with that Lyle Lovett guy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he... he yeah, what really, the hell was that, you know? He looks like he just opened up the Ark of the Covenant, you know? Yeah. Like he had that look to his face, like his face is somewhat melting. Yeah, and then he sat in an electric chair and his hair went all poof, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but he, I mean, of course... I mean, it, he, it didn't last, Julie. but I mean, uh, he got that. Right, and also the guy, um, and these are like the the uh, hack people that we're talking about. But it's like Lyle Lovett, 
Then there's Rick Ocasek from the car. Yeah, yeah, he's still married to that uh, supermodel. Yeah. yeah, he married some supermodel. I think it was the one girl from one of his videos. Yeah, Paulina something. I think she was like uh, from Poland or something like that. I can't remember her last name. Was you know? Like, yeah, he's still with her. But yeah, yeah. You know, those are the people that everybody brings up when you're talking about rock stars, ugly rock stars with, yeah. with you know that get chicks. But but they had know, that... I'm sure Blues Traveler. I'm sure what's his face banged the yeah. Brazilian broads. Yeah, all the groupies and stuff. You know, yeah. just to say they did. But it's also that, like you said, you know that emotional tug and power that uh, a song has, and uh, that's the tug. guys. Yeah, <laughs> well, that happens too after we're behind, backstage. Sure does. Yeah, you get a lot of that, especially when you don't have a lot of time. Just nah, go ahead and give me a tug. <laughs> but yeah, there's something about uh, the the power of of music, you know, and uh, you know, like that. That's like that's what I find hilarious about this whole Kanye West thing. <laughs> yeah. and you know what? The greatest thing, and I tweeted it the other day. But uh, my girl, we were, there was something on television, and my girl just goes, and she was being dead serious. She didn't like mean to be funny. She's like. What's up with that Cayenne West guy needing money? <laughs> and I was like, you mean Kanye? And she was like, yeah, whatever. And yeah. she called him Cayenne, like Cayenne Pepper. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, honey, that's why I'm marrying you, because you're fantastic. You don't even realize how great you are. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you found your soulmate. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm actually to a point now where I think, I think this whole thing that Kanye does is a complete and utter character. Like, that I could respect. You know, it's almost like an Andy Kaufman thing. It, it has to be because unless nobody can you, be that stupid. When it's not even it's not even about well, it is about stupid, of course, <laughs> but like nobody could want that much like negativity. Like yeah. the guy, you know that guy, the AIDS pill fucking uh, pharmaceutical guy? Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned him because he's made an offer to Kanye to pay him like, a, I don't know, a couple of million for a special album just for him. Oh, but, yeah, I, I thought it was like Wu-Tan, but maybe it is. He already right. got that one, but now he wants Kanye to do the same thing where he only has the album and he'll pay. Because Kanye's saying he's in the hole because of his uh, fashion line. He lost $53 million on it or something like that happened. Right. So he's like, oh, I need money. And he was hitting up Zuckerberg to send him something. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> but anyway. But I think that for you to want like that much hatred. Do you, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, look, I get it. Look, I'm a people person. I want everybody to love me. All right. Yeah. But I understand it's not going to be everybody, but I want a nice high percentage of people that like me. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everybody's gonna. And for those that don't, I don't give a fuck. But, but to, to do stuff that constantly gets you to be hated, <laughs> uh, it's almost, it has to be on the border of being a sociopath. Yeah, what? that you know that like that. I, I was making the comparison with him and Trump, where they both don't care yeah. how much negative stuff be <laughs> is said about them. And then all of a sudden, yesterday, I saw a thing on Jimmy Kimmel where they were comparing Kanye and Trump because Kanye said he wants to run in twenty uh, two thousand twenty or whatever it yeah, is, uh, think, four yeah. years from now. <laughs> but like, I I just can't imagine being that insane. That you want that, like that fucking scumbag, um, the guy that we were just talking about, the, uh, the uh, uh, Sacrelli, I think it is. Yeah, like when he did. You see the video with him on a, a with I think in front of Congress or whatever it was. Oh yeah, 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 with his silly grin and everything. And just being snarky. And, he's and, like he's like like Lex Luthor or something. He's like it's somebody like that. That's another one that's like, how can that guy exist? You know, I mean, what you know, you want to be hated? I mean, what is it? There's something really wrong with him. There has to be something wrong when you want that when that much negativity. Like, dude, I don't. I think the only people that like that guy are like a few clan members who completely hate gays. <laughs> yeah, in the, fucking the, Arkansas, kill them all. That's like, yeah, fuck the queers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. I mean, what what could it be? You know? I yeah, mean, who else? I mean, everybody thinks that this guy is an absolute abhorrent human being. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to bother him. And I mean, I, would, I mean, I guess he can afford the security, but uh, but dude, dude, it's like if one person hated my guts so much that, and they let me know that they think that, like, if I died tomorrow, they wouldn't, they would go and spit on my grave. 
that would crush me. Yeah. But it's one person, and you get over it in fucking twelve seconds. Yeah. But to know that millions of people, yeah, it's just think every, you're the worst person on the planet. Every time someone sees your face, it's like ugh, they get a sick feeling, you know. And oh, then that's what I, it I, is for this guy. I mean, because at least with you know, uh, for for Kanye's purposes, uh, there's somebody worse than him. Right, and Kanye does have fans that like him. Oh, they worship know? him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there is that aspect of it. But you know. I think if Kanye was still who he was and did not tell everybody every 12 seconds how great he is, like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of modern hip-hop at all. Yeah. It's very nursery rhyme-ish. It's yeah. very geared towards 14-year-olds. But I've heard a couple of his songs, and I'm not a big fan of it, but he's a crea- he is a creative guy. Yeah. He's a very creative guy. And if you stop telling everybody how fucking great you were, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot more people would probably, I mean, look, I mean, he married Kim Kardashian, so, I mean, it's obviously he's, you know, he's not well, and, you know, there's <laughs> enough reason right there to fucking hate him. I'll have to isolate that clip for the promo. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, at least if he was just like, hey, man, I'm just doing my thing, you know, like, have a smidgy humility, hey, I'm just doing my thing, man, if you like it, you like it, if you don't, you don't, and still do your shit, and you I think yeah. he would have so many more people that like him. Yeah, and especially now that he's older, you th- I would have thought, you know, he's like, you know, yeah, I was an asshole when I was a kid and stuff, you know, they, or just didn't, didn't even have to say it, just just be a, you know, a, a grown man. Yeah, you would you almost know. understand it. It's like, yeah. all right, you know, uh, we yeah. all did dumb shit when we were twenty two. Yeah, but uh, that's not changing. <laughs> no, and that's why I start to think maybe that's his, maybe it's a character, and that's his plan. He was just like, you know what. I, I got this talent, and you know what? Talent by itself doesn't necessarily make you, uh, you know, successful and all that. So yeah. I am going to draw as much attention to myself as possible. You know, whether it's getting up on stage and fucking whatever with uh, with that skinny blonde fucking thing, and you know, with the Grammys a couple of years ago, it's just yeah. I don't know, but uh, he definitely does draw attention to himself. <laughs> He's successful at that. And he I, sure is. I mean, I guess, you know, and then I suppose that opens up opportunities for money. Uh, I don't know how or what. I mean, maybe he gets approached more. I don't know, because just, 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 just to be famous, you know. Well, apparently not. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> well, he is spending habits, sir. <laughs> He's not too yeah, smart with that. His, it, so he he's... The, he's having his his money issues because of his clothing line. Yeah, he did this weird uh, clothing line. It looked like it was clothes made completely out of pantyhose or something. I don't know Get the what. Fuck out of here. Yeah, and then uh, it well it, for it, burglars, yeah. all you bank robbers out <laughs> yeah, there, go get yeah. the Kanye West collection. <laughs> <laughs> with your mashed face and you uh you end up looking like one of Jim Norton's characters. Yeah, or you end up looking like somebody Schwarzenegger bangs, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez, oh, what the she hell? She looks better that? with a stocking over her face. <laughs> Maybe that's how that happened, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put that on your face. Oh yeah, yeah. You're robbing my ba- you're robbing my house. <laughs> Strange stuff. So that's so, what it was. I didn't know what it was. I'm like Yeah, so apparently 53 million he lost in that. Which wow. I don't think I don't know how much he was worth to begin with, so I would have thought he was up pretty high. So I don't think he's really broke, but uh, you know he took a hit. I guess if you uh, if you lose fifty three million, you know unless you're a billionaire, that's uh, got to got to yeah. hamper your yeah. Your, it's uh, a big gouge, but I'm thinking he might have been like in the two hundred million range or something like that. Mm. You know I'm not sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's a big hit, Mr. West. Yes. <laughs> Wonder then, if he's Adam's fucking illegitimate child. <laughs> but my favorite banged Ohura back in '68, you know. <laughs> After Captain Kirk was finished with her, <laughs> did you know that that uh, you you obviously know that that was the first interracial uh, yeah, yeah. kiss on television? Yeah, and it wasn't really even shown because it was kind of like you know behind their cheeks or whatever the way they did it. Oh, like know? the way um, Gleason and. Alice used to kiss. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't see, you didn't see the actual lips come together, you know. But it right. was pretty, you know. I don't know. It's pretty that stupid crap in the back of the days when they had the the bedroom. The beds had to be separate beds in the bedroom. <laughs> Put the nightstand in between them. <laughs> do you, I, somebody just told me this, and I didn't believe it, but they said, "Do you know who was the first 
uh, couple on television to be shown sleeping in the same bed? No, who? <laughs> the fucking Brady Bunch. Holy crap. Now that's, boy. <laughs> and isn't that ironic? The, the, that yes, the, the irony's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a gay man and a fucking woman in the same bed. No wonder why they thought it was cool to show it. Yeah, a woman who dated her eldest son on that show. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. Barry Williams? She, yeah, they she, dated because he was like, he was crushing on her and stuff, you know? So she, yeah, she, yeah, he didn't get any, but you know, no, she, she was very, uh, very accommodating to go out on a date, whatever, yeah. or whatever. Oh, isn't this cute? Making her feel good, you know. The, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, Unlike today, where the women who want to feel good, they go all the way, especially if you're teaching math or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can I, how can I get six to go into a big zero? <laughs> well, let me demonstrate with a visual aid. Zip. My friend used to have a great joke about that, about the, you know, like, hey, what's up with all the teachers banging their students? Where were these fucking students when I was teaching? <laughs> <laughs> what a great joke. <laughs> everybody's expecting the opposite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, is it, should I laugh at that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um. So, uh, your species was designated by your great good friend Otto Peterson, the the little angorilla tagline. Yes, that was, um, I guess, uh, I was coined that back in uh, 2010, I think it was. And uh, it was just a great uh, great moment. Uh, We were on our way out to a gig out in Pennsylvania, and uh, we were on Route 78, and uh, all of a sudden, at like the last second, he goes, hey, pull over here, let's go into this diner. And it literally like was right on the highway, and the exit was right there, but I was like in the middle lane, and I couldn't get over in time. So he like fucking, like, Otto would just like yell at you like for, for 10 seconds, and then 10 <laughs> seconds later, he'd be like, I'm sorry. He was like one of those, he was like bipolar in like a matter of 20 seconds. <laughs> Well, that like explains that explains the whole act, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't like he was like bipolar, where he would be miserable for a day, and then the yeah. next day he would call you and be. He would just fucking snap at you for eight seconds, <laughs> and then just go, "I'm really sorry, buddy." I'm like, "I love you." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's cool." But so he he got you know not mad at me, but he was like, "You missed the exit, you dumb," le-, and, and he stopped. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm like, dude. What what was that? What were you gonna say? He goes, nah, nah. I'm like, dude, you gotta tell me. I go, dude, what do you think? I'm gonna get mad? We're fucking pals. You whatever. And he's like, nah, I don't want to say nothing. And then all of a sudden, Trish, his girl, who he's been with forever, was in the backseat with him, and she completely throws him under the bus. She goes, go ahead, Otto. Why don't you? Why don't you? Tell Joe what you've been calling him behind his back for the last six years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you got to tell me, bro. And he's like, um, and he got real quiet, and real somber. <laughs> and he just kind of put his head down. He goes, um, a lowland gorilla. <laughs> and dude, I fucking busted out laughing. Like not silverback. Not gorilla. Yeah, like, that was the the what was so great about Otto. He was he wasn't like an intellectual comedian, but he was so smart in knowing what words to use, and and he just like nobody would ever. Th- I even I never even heard of Lowland. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> And I instantly went and Googled it, and boom, I saw a picture of a gorilla, and I swear to God, it looked like me after losing two grand at a blackjack table. The man was a scientist. (laughs) And it it just, it was the, it epitomized how much of a wordsmith he was. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you know, some of the jokes he would do or some of the things he would say, like that famous story that Norton tells when they went with the, and they were hanging, they met a couple of girls after a show and they went to the one girl's house and, uh, and they said, Hey, listen, the one girl, her grandfather just, uh, he just, he just killed himself. He like jumped out of a window or something. And, uh, and all of a sudden they're in the kitchen and I don't, I guess I don't realize he wasn't getting laid or whatever. And he just looks and it was a picture of like an old man on the fridge. He goes, Oh, so is this the old guy that tossed himself out the window? <laughs> Tossed himself out the window. 
Do you know what I mean? Like he was just if so somehow he goddamn lived. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Tossed himself out the fucking window. Yeah, and he figures, well, not getting anywhere anyway. <laughs> he was oh my god, the stuff like he was so he was just even funnier like as Otto. Yeah. As you know, as you know, funny as he was doing the character George, you know? Yeah. He uh I, I you know it's funny. I mean, he's he's going to be gone now in April. It'll be two years. Man, and I've cried more in the last fucking two years than I've cried my whole life. Like I just missed that piece of shit <laughs> so much. Like I want to fucking I want to I want to fucking resurrect him and then punch his face in for leaving. You know? Yeah. And uh, but you know, and I realized something when we were leaving. The, we were at the. I couldn't figure like even a couple of my friends, dude. Like I haven't lost. It. This is my first real big loss as a. You know, I still. You know, I know you had just lost your dad. Yeah. And like I have, I still have my parents. You know, like even my grandparents. They lived in Italy. I didn't know my grandparents that well. This was like my first big loss. Yeah. But even a couple of my other friends, like my one other friend who just lost his mom a year before, and he said, "Dude, this." hurts me more than even my loss of my mom and and you know and i figured it out and my girl like kind of opened my eyes to we were leaving the memorial you know after uh you know i think it was may of 2014 and we're on our way home and i just said to her i was like what is why is it that this is so devastating and she she says something that resonates with me and she goes i think because not only because of who he was, but he was such a unique person. Yeah, that he's irreplaceable. Yeah, there's and no- he won, dude. There's nobody. There was, like, you know, how you got like friends. You go, oh, my friend Tony, man. Yeah, my friend Tony's <laughs> like my friend Bill. You know, they're like almost like the same type of guy. And you got this one. It's like, yeah, dude. They, like they literally fucking threw the fucking mold out when they made him. And I'm never gonna fucking meet anybody that's like him. Never again. He's Not almost like he's hard. Sometimes it's like when I hear stories of you know um, I, I regret that I'll never get to meet him, but uh, uh, all the stories about people uh, talking about he's like a character out of out of fiction, you know, and yet he was real, you yeah. know, that kind of thing, and his and his whole life job. and the street performer and that whole thing, you know, is just yeah it's strange. He, uh, he never finished school. Yeah, he had one job for like a week. Washing dishes in a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, he got his first puppet when he was seven. He started street performing at 14. Never needed a license. Never got a license. Dude, he didn't get a fucking bank account until like 2006. Wow. Man. He never had a fucking phone. Never had a pager. You know what's funny? Why, the reason why Otto got a phone. And it was like a the first he you know it was a shame too because right before he passed away he was just starting to get into technology he had got an iPad like he really started to he was starting to dive into technology because he was yeah. a dinosaur, but the reason why him and my friend Johnny O who's another fucking dinosaur when it comes to technology, <laughs> they both got cell phones almost at the same time because we were doing a, we had a show right and I was yeah. putting on this show way up in North Jersey somewhere. And uh, and it was in like this restaurant, and it was me, one or two other guys, Johnny O and Otto, and Johnny O and Otto were coming um, together. And so what happened was they got lost because up in this area there were two roads that had the same name, but they went into like different towns. It was really fucking crazy, right? So they because neither one of these shitheads had a fucking cell phone. Yeah. And this was like 2007, so people had cell phones, right? Yeah. <laughs> he fucking, Johnny O, they stop at a fucking, uh, at like some sort of mini mart and call my phone from a payphone. And it was, <laughs> right? He has to call me from a fucking payphone. <laughs> He's lucky they were still there. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, it's just drug dealers and prostitutes yeah. the only people that use fucking <laughs> payphones. But... Um, so he calls me now we're setting up for the show, but it's like a bar and there's music playing real loud. But I, uh, I saw that my phone was ringing. So I uh, picked it up and he was like, Hey, we're lost, blah, blah, blah. So I told him where it was. No problem. Hang up. And it was a bad signal in the place. So my phone would go in and out and 
like 20 minutes later, they tried to call me again because they were lost. <laughs> but it comes up as a private number or unlisted or whatever it is because yeah. it's a goddamn payphone. <laughs> so I didn't notice it till like 15 minutes later. So then I think I tried. There might have been a number. They waited for a while and back and forth. And eventually they were like, we just and they left and never came to the show. Just were like, well, we can't find the place. Conti can't get back in touch with us. I'm not sitting in this mini mar parking lot the fucking rest of the night. And they left. And that's why those two fucking shitheads got cell phones because of that fucking gig that they never got to. Yeah, they had to learn the hard way. They sure did. And it was really bad for anybody that was there because I had to close the show out. Talk about a disappointment. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you got a date with Cindy Crawford and then fucking, uh, you know, Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell's. But her good friend Rosie's there. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Oh, man. But, yeah. Uh, people like Otto, uh, you can really tell uh, 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 how special he was in, in personal relations by the people that knew him, you know, because you can hear it in their voices and everything about the, the massive effect he had on their lives. So every time, uh, whether it's you or uh, Bob or uh, Kenny talks about him, you know, you, you can you can just hear it there. Yeah, so. he uh, he definitely, uh, that's a good way of putting it, he definitely... Uh, affected and influenced you without even tr- like he didn't try it wasn't no, like it's just the way let me is. sit you down and tell you about comedy son yeah <laughs> it was never anything like that you know it was just a natural the way friends just talk and you know and one thing uh, there's two things i'll always take away from uh that i always try to uh instill when i'm doing stand-up and my one friend, Johnny Watson, who's a multi, multi-talented comic, he's one of the more talented guys I've ever been friends with, he always told me, he goes, look, this whole business, 90% of it is just professionalism. It's about showing up on time, be respectful, the fucking, uh, you know, the wait staff, make sure you're courteous to everybody. If they say you can get anything you want off the menu, don't get filet mignon. <laughs> you know, you get a burger <laughs> and fries. And, and pretty much... That's it, you know, because, you know, being funny is just 10% of it. It's, And I've always taken that, and Otto used to tell me, he goes, dude, just every time you get on stage, fucking nail them every time. Just pound it and kill it every single time you get on stage, and eventually people will notice. Yeah. And uh, nobody's noticed yet, but, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, uh, you know, maybe if I start killing once in a while, maybe... Uh, that people notice, but those are the two, <laughs> two biggest advice I've ever gotten that I always try to stick with. And I don't care if there's six people in the audience or fucking six hundred. I fucking yeah. you know, you just treat them like, hey, you know what? It, you're here for a show, and you're gonna fucking get one. Yeah. And whether it's a good one or not, I don't know. But you know, it's you, just a you have respect for your audience. I mean, they came to see you, and you so you give them a show, whether like you said, if it's six or a hundred. Yeah, I mean, they came for a show, whether they, you know, it was just, they, hey, we're just, they don't know who the comics are, they're just coming out for a night, or yeah. they're like, hey, I wanted to come see this guy, and you're just on the show with them, you, you give them a good show. Yeah. Like you said, respect your audience. Well, that's a good Listen attitude. Assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I don't, did you ever see the video of uh, Otto and David Copperfield going through his collection? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a hard one to watch. Yeah, because uh, I hadn't seen it till after uh, I think it was the O and A show had announced his uh, passing. You know, and uh, yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't know. I didn't see it either. Yeah, I think they put it up on YouTube after. Yeah, that's probably Otto why. Died. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. You, you know, Copperfield was a major, major fan of Otto. Yeah, you can tell from the thing. You know, <laughs> he was yeah, really I mean, thrilled to have him there. You know, dude, I'll never forget. I was at Otto's house, right, and it was. Uh, it was a, like a lean month, you know, and things were a little, you know, he was like, you know, Otto wasn't a wealthy guy at, by any means. He was pretty much, you know, he was a lunch pail kind of guy, you know. He yeah. worked wherever, would do bar gigs, and if he got like a weekend gig, you know, where he could get, a, you know, a nice paycheck once a month, he was happy. He didn't need to be on the road all the time, and uh, 
it was like really like just we were talking about like, oh, we got to get a gig, got to get a gig. And he's like, and I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I'm okay, you know, because I still have like, I had a part time job, so I'm okay. And he goes, uh, you know what? I'm fucking calling up Copperfield. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I'm going to fucking call up Copperfield. I need a fucking gig. He'll get me a fucking gig. <laughs> Dude, fucking right in front of me, calls up Copperfield. He's like, hey. <laughs> Uh, I I need a I need a fucking gig. Can't you get me a fucking private gig? I'm fucking hurting for money. <laughs> Man, he doesn't beat like, around the bush. He just no, hey, no, hey no, pal, no. look. You know he was almost autistic. He had no idea. Yeah. He didn't realize <laughs> no that you have, to have some social graces. He would just he truly almost that almost was like a guy that didn't know what a filter was. Yeah. And uh, calls up Copperfield and dude, right there, Copperfield says, "Yeah, you know what? Oh, let's have a private party. Have a private party." And, you know, any uh, whatever it was, he gave X amount of money, flew him out there, gave him a room. Damn. And then Otto did a private show for like maybe 20 people, friends with fucking Copperfield. Yeah. And that was it and got the gig. And just, he, you know, he told me he just fucking laid into Copperfield like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hammering him. And Copperfield was eating it up he just loved it and and the thing was and i didn't know this until later on and uh in you know uh later on in otto's life and i didn't know do you know how copperfield found out about otto no how through kevin spacey wow kevin spacey told fucking copperfield He's like, dude, you got to check out this guy, Otto, Otto and George. And he's hilarious. And, <laughs> and I was so angry. I'm like, really? Kevin Spacey's a fan of yours, you fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, the, if the Copperfield line was busy, all right, let me call Kevin. <laughs> yeah, let me call that fruit Kevin Spacey. You know? <laughs> and, you Jeez. know, it was just like, wow, you know, like, holy shit. And did you ever see? And you you could tell too. Kevin's well. Kevin Spacey's a big, huge fan of comedy. He, if you ever listen oh, yeah. to interviews, he does some pretty good impressions. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he's got that funny yeah. guy, especially for a fucking, uh, you know, a well-respected, you know, Hollywood actor. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. makes him almost even funnier because you're like, these guys are not supposed to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> and you ever see that movie he did? He did like a like a 20 minute short or Oh yeah, with the Yes, yes, yes. Him being a ventriloquist. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's I good. fucking totally feel that, you know, he Yeah. you know, he got that from maybe watching American Dummy. Yeah. Uh or whatever. Not saying he stole it, but I'm saying no, no, like, this but... could be a great idea. But I mean uh, that's yeah. that story's been done. You know, no, you can't really say anyone stole it. I mean, Twilight Zone did a couple of them. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And but didn't uh, Anthony Hopkins did do one? You know, yeah, did, yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Just everybody does their little version of it. Yeah, you get you get lost in the doll, and you know. Yeah, exactly. But how cool is that, fucking Kevin Spacey? Yeah, that's just amazing. So it's like I always told myself that George is now living with David Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got one of them there. Yeah, yeah, that was the I thing. I don't know what Trish is going to do uh with the with you know with the George that he still, you know, that still had, yeah. Still has, you know. Uh you know what's funny? I I got a I you got a uh, couple minutes for a funny story? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, story. Unless I have to do it at later. <laughs> yeah, just edit out all the fucking boring Joe Conti shit. <laughs> just leave the uh, funny Otto Peterson story. So we were at Otto's house, a bunch of us, and a friend of ours works. Uh, he was a comic, but he also worked at a uh, a pretty big venue for music in New Jersey called Starland Ballroom. And um, there was a band that was playing there, and uh, it was the band um, uh, Alter Bridge. Okay, yeah. Alter Bridge, the guys from Creed, and then they got a new singer. Yeah. And... Uh, they were pretty, you know, pretty heavily, you know, pretty popular band at the time. So our friend came over because, you know, he, uh, you know, he would go back and forth from there. And we were having a, Otto was having like a little party at his house, a little get together. So he was there and he was like, hey, Otto, man, uh, there's a, a band that's playing at the the Starland this weekend and uh, Alter Bridge. And they're huge fans of yours. And I was like, oh, yeah, he goes. Would it be cool if I called the guy up and maybe they could just, you know, maybe the guy could talk to you for a minute? He's a big fan of yours. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, dude, it was fucking great. The guy, Chris, 
he um, he gets the guy on the phone from Alter Bridge, and he goes, "Hey man, uh, listen, I'm going to put you on with Otto, okay?" And Otto gets the phone, and this is literally what you hear Otto say. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. And hangs up the fucking phone. <laughs> that was it. That was it, dude. <laughs> Man. Like he did like it didn't matter to him. He's not starstruck. And he wasn't st- he didn't care, yeah. you know? He would rather sit there and fucking <laughs> bullshit with us about fucking, uh, you know, the honeymooners or fucking yeah. <laughs> uh, Laurel and Hardy play us for the 80th time the piano by Laurel and Hardy or fucking put on Alan Sherman records. And, <laughs> hello, Mutter. Hello, Fudder. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he was fucking relentless. Jeez, that's but hilarious. It's like- he was more he cared more about that than some fucking rock band that was like a fan of his. And it wasn't like he, he thought, oh, poo-pooed anybody. He was like, no, oh, no, no. Cool. I, I mean, that's guys. Yeah, he's just like, oh, okay, that's nice. Thank you. You know? Yeah, thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know? He had that thousand-yard st- stare, you know? it was. And like, I mean, I, for a rock star, that must have been a bit, maybe that was a little bit refreshing because everybody else is kissing his ass and stuff, you know? And then this, you know, and he's like, uh, wow, I get to talk to Otto. And yeah. then, uh, you know, he says, okay, thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he's fucking great, dude. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you so many fucking stories, man. Oh, oh, he's a geez. piece of work. But it was funny because people would think, like, you know, this spawn of Satan because of his fucking, you know. No, his, his foul mouth and evil yeah. act. Yeah, yeah. But then when you go to Otto's house, He's sitting in the kitchen with an apron making fucking sauce. <laughs> and he would always be like, Conti, you got to taste this sauce. You think it's good? Because I'm a guinea, you know? Yeah, so quite exactly. God, you got to have the guinea taste the sauce. Yeah, because you know? he'll know. Oh, and uh, <laughs> he actually made a little, he had his sauce and he put a little container and he goes, hey, can you bring one to your father and let your father taste it and tell me what your father thinks? I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> the senior Guinea uh, yeah, opinion. Like the, you know, the Ginzo from Italy, you know? And yeah, yeah, the real one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my old man actually liked the fucking, uh, he thought he made good sauce. Wow, wow. He was so happy. He's like, really? Like a true ex-Mason fucking Ginzo. Yeah. <laughs> really enjoyed his sauce. <laughs> wow, that must have made his day. That was more exciting to him than Alter Bridge fucking <laughs> Or hanging out with Copperfield and Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, what a legend. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Joe, uh, thanks for the stories, and uh, glad to have you here. And uh, we'll have to do this again because I want to get into your other good friend, uh, that strange therapist and former amateur uh, uh, baseball legend, Kenny Michaels. So. <laughs> yeah, anytime you want to get into the therapist, uh, <laughs> yes. you, let, you let me know, and we'll do this. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll, you, anytime you want to do this, man, it, it's always fun. Yeah. And I got to tell you one quick story uh, with my mother okay. and Otto. Um, my mother, little five-foot, you know, five foot nothing Italian. And when she went and saw Otto for the first time, my mother's seen Otto about three times. All right. Just to okay. give you an idea. My mother thinks it's hilarious. Right. Okay. So the first time my mother ever came to see me with Otto, it was in like this little bar in Mine Hill, New Jersey. And it was me and a few other guys in Otto. My sister was there with my mom and one of like somebody else. So after the show was over, I come over. I'm like, hey, did you guys have fun? And they're like, yeah, you know, my sister, you know, she already knew Otto, blah, blah, blah. So I go to my mother and I go, hey, Ma, did you enjoy the show? She goes, yeah, I thought it was very nice. I'm like, "Uh, what did you think of uh, Otto and George, the last guy? She goes, I think the Otto guys are nice. The the little Muppet's a little dirty, but I thought it was was funny. She called it a Muppet. (laughs) Fucking Muppet. Like it was, like it was fucking Gonzo. Yeah. Uh, just to, just to fucking. Uh, the little muppet was a little dirty, but I thought it was funny. Hey, I'm not a muppet. <laughs> I ain't got Jim Henson's finger in my asshole. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, brother. 
All right, Joe, once again, thanks for coming on. And everybody check out Conti and Kenny at morelikeradio.com. And uh, what is it, WMEX on uh, – Yeah, WMEX in uh, Boston. The the clean version. 10 a.m. Yes. The clean show. (laughs) The clean show. (laughs) All right, we'll take a short break, and we'll be back with uh, Night Night. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Are you looking for happiness? Then comedian Joe Conti has got good news for you. So, uh, I'm a single guy. I'm not married. Um, most people here are single. We have a uh, single women here tonight. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of laughs, but there's also a philosophical search. These are uh, thoughts that I have in my head, and I wanted to share them with you. If a bulimic had Alzheimer's, would they still be fat because they keep forgetting to throw up? Is bowling not a sport, but just an activity for alcoholics too lazy to play softball? If America created a gay, patriotic airline, would they call it the Fruited Plains? And would they have a mild deep club? Was that too far? Was that the point? Right there. Boom! Too far for this audience. And of course... A little something for the lady. Uh, this is for every woman in here. Every woman is every woman's real fantasy, real sexual fantasy, to have a really good-looking gynecologist with Parkinson's disease. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's more where that came from. So do yourself a favor. Head over to iTunes or Amazon and order yourself some happiness from Joe Gotti. Sometimes I feel fat and unattractive. But then I go shop at Walmart where the average customer is at least 400 pounds. And I'm nowhere near in that ballpark, so I feel great. (laughs) Thank you, Walmart. Yes, Walmart, where you can simply look around and feel better about yourself. Unless, of course, you're regular. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. Well... Why not join me as we watch some crappy old movies that I tear apart with my smart aleck commentary and clever sound effects? Movies like Horror Hotel. In Horror Hotel, a young college student travels to a small town to study witchcraft. While there, the townsfolk teach her how to be a blood sacrifice to the devil. Sadly, she won't be able to finish her report due to being drained of blood. But, well... I guess you've got to give her an A for effort. The movie stars a young Christopher Lee before James Bond and Dracula and all that. Gotta start somewhere. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. You can find this and other great gems of cinema crap at sylphi.com slash Nelson. That's S-E- L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N It's just that simple. Selfie.com slash Nelson Popcorn not included. I, uh, I read an article today. It said married men masturbate and go to hookers more than single men. You think that's true? Oh, yeah, married women won't suck your dick unless you won the lottery. Wait, you don't think married people have oral sex? Why do you think women get married? They want kids. They ain't gonna drink the kids. That's disgusting. Come on, honey, do a shooter. Thank you. A new Disney film. Honey, I drank the kids. There's more on the other chick. All right. You don't got laid a lot, JFK. He got a lot of pussy. All right, now. JFK got a lot of pussy. We know that. Our pal, the late great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There you can find his DVDs, T-shirts, and all things Otto and George at autoandgeorge.com. 
this is Night Night, and I'm here to tell you that you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Night-Night found himself locked in a museum's ladies' room with Egyptian archaeologist Dr. Shathid and a poisonous king cobra. The deadly snake has already bitten Dr. Shathid in the testicles, and so Night-Night has had to cut the wounded flesh away under the direction of Dr. Cushing. All right, Night-Night, now you've got to suck the poison from the wound. You'll know you've reached the poison when your tongue goes numb. What? You've got to suck the poison out. Dr. Shathid's life is in your hands, Night-Night. Uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Shathid. I've done all I can do. I just need to get us out of here. Uh, Boobo! Boobo! Get this door open! Okay! What the hell? Damn it, Boobo, that's not going to work! Did, did you suck the poison? Hey, I know. It's time for a night grenade. A what? Run, stupid ass! And so, Bubo's bomb does blow up the restroom door. But it also rips open a gas line. And so, a larger explosion is ignited, resulting in the total destruction of a corner of the Second National Museum. <coughs> what? What the hell? Bubo! Bubo, what happened? I set off a night bomb! What? You idiot! You should have used the night laser cutter on the door! Well, you always use a night bomb! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Night Bull. night! Night night! Where's Dr. Shafid? Um, I'm afraid he didn't make it. But I'll not rest until Two Timer is made to pay for the good doctor's untimely demise. But, but what happened? There was time to get the poison out. Were you able to do- Let's go, Bobo. Hey! Our crusade beckons. Now what does what? <laughs> Just shut up and get in the car, stupid. And now, it's time for City City News Special Report, now live. Because if it's not now, it's not live. Hello, I'm Wanir Care, and this is City City News Special Report, now live. Late breaking reports have confirmed to us here at City City News that Cityopolis's second national museum has just suffered a massive bombing attack. We can also confirm that eyewitness accounts say that self-styled costume vigilante Night Knight is behind the attack. Other accounts claim that Night Knight was trying to stop the theft of the double-headed Anubis from notorious criminal Two-Timer. However, it appears Two-Timer was able to get away with the ancient Egyptian relic. Also, visiting Egyptian archaeologist Dr. Shathid succumbed to poisoning from a venomous cobra, a cobra that apparently belonged to Two-Timer. Our man in the field, Holden Cox, has more at the scene. Holden? Wiener, uh, I'm here on the sidewalk just outside the rubble that was once the west wing of the Second National Museum building. It's a total loss. With me is Dr. Cushing, who apparently witnessed the conflict between Night-Night and Two-Timer. Doctor? I just want to say that Night Knight had every opportunity to save Dr. Shathid, but he didn't due to extreme cowardice. Uh, what exactly was Night Knight to do? Well, Dr. Shathid was bitten in the testicles, and all Night Knight had to do was suck the venom out of the wound. Uh, I, I see. Back to you, Wiener. Thank you, Holden. We go now to City Hall, where Police Commissioner Charles Wetman is giving comments on this disaster. Well, look, if we find Two-Timer, we'll arrest him, and anybody we find with a double-headed Anubis. And uh, I've got to go. But Commissioner, wait! Commissioner, if you can just tell us... Commissioner, the Commissioner... And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Please stay tuned to this channel for further developments as they come. For now... I'm Wanir Wancare for City City News Special Report Now, live.
This has been City City News Special Report, now live. Because if it's not now, it's not live. Once again, the biased media paints me as some sort of out-of-control incompetent fool. Well, if the shoe fits... Damn it, Smedley! I mean, come on, what would you have done? You expect me to believe that you would suck a man's balls? Yeah, I didn't think so. Besides, he probably would have died anyway. So, we need to concentrate on the real culprit here. That being Two-Timer. Oh boy, we get to play Night-Night and Boo-Bow some more? <sighs> we don't play Night-Night and Boo-Bow, we are Night-Night and Boo-Bow! The very essence of justice is imprinted upon the DNA of our souls. Oh, okay, night night. Ever since that fateful night, I was knighted by a winged herald of the night. You mean when that owl shit on your head? Shut up, Smedley. Go make yourself useful and order us some pizza. Boobo and I will be extremely busy down here. And later, our heroes contemplate strategy against the two-timer. All right, Boobo. The night computer should be able to calculate two-timers' location. Hey, what's this? What? This printout says everything about the Second National Museum robbery. February the 2nd, 2 a.m. No, boo-boo. The second floor. You didn't figure any of that stuff no, out. No, no. Shut up, boo-boo. I was using the computer to aid me in... In doing all the thinking for you. No, no. Shut up, damn it. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Now, according to this, the computer has narrowed it down to two possible locations for Two-Timers Gang. Yes, two locations. How appropriate. One location is the Twin Towers of the City City Plaza, which means the second location isn't worth considering, so let's go. Well, what was the other location? <sighs> I don't know. Some abandoned factory with two smokestacks and get like that. Two smokestacks? That's gotta be the two-timers hideout! No, no, boo The plaza has two towers, and no doubt, two-timers probably on the 22nd floor. So stop screwing around and let's go! No, he's gotta be at that factory place! No, boo Not all villains hide out at old abandoned warehouses and factories. They don't? No. Besides, the fooler used that same factory last year, so who'd want to use a used hideout? A hideout that's second-hand! What? <laughs> All right, smartass, you want to be this way? Fine. You go your way, and I'll go mine. I'll take the night jet to the Twin Towers and douse two-timers floor with nighty-night gas. Once I recover the double-headed Anubis, I'll regain the respect of Cityopolis. And I'll take the night cruiser to the factory, and I'll show you... No! You'll take the Boobo-mobile, which is restricted to a speed of no more than 50 miles per hour. Uh, no, I wanted the night cruiser. Forget it. It's the Boobo-mobile or nothing. But what if I have to chase him? I'll never catch up. Well, he's not going to be there, Boobo. You're just wasting your time, you bird brain. Now, I'm off to the night jet. All right, here's the pieces. What? Oh, well, just put them on the table, Smedley. I'll get to that after I get back. Where, where are you going? The night cruises that way. I'm taking the night jet. What? No, you can't. I, I haven't fixed the sonic repression system. The what? The mufflers. Them engines are so loud, they've been breaking windows in the city. Eh, there's no time for that, Smedley. Crime gives no time to its enemy. Which is me. Oh, man, no, wait, wait. So long, Smedley. Oh man, that fool. What's the big deal, Smedley? Cause it ain't just windows that burst. It's eardrums too. Huh. Oh well. Wait. Where you going? I'm going to some old dump that's got two smokestacks. That's gotta be two-timers hideout. Damn boy, don't you think you need more than just that? Well, it's also on 2nd Avenue. And that old factory used to make toilets. <laughs> you know, like, and take a number two. <laughs> Damn, boy. You might actually be onto something here. 
I better tell Night-Night all this. No, no, we had an agreement. He goes to the plaza and I go to the factory. What? Damn, boy, get out of that car. The man here is medley. <coughs> Damn, stupid. <coughs> oh, the hell with Uther. I got myself two pizzas. Meanwhile, the crescent-shaped night jet hovers over the Cityopolis skyline. Ah, the Twin Towers of City City Plaza. Now, I need only flush the building with nighty night gas, and victory will once again belong to the night night. Clearly, two-time room must be on the second, or twenty-second floor. So, I need only target those two, but in order to do so, I must get closer. Hey, what's going on? Just yeah, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. What's what is this? Oops. Uh, my ears. Oh, the pain. Uh, uh. Oh, shit. Uh, gotta fire the gas missiles now. Ha <laughs> ha, bullseye. Now to find a spot to land and come back to catch. Two-timer. And later, at City City Plaza, we find a scene of chaos and panic. What's all this bullshit? Hmm. There's Commissioner Whitman. Whitman, what's going on here? What do you mean, what's going on? We know damn good and well you shot those missiles into the City City Plaza, gassing everybody out of their homes. Not to mention smashing windows and bursting eardrums. Hold on, wet one. Slow down. I had good reason to do what I did. Oh, come on. You need to check everyone coming out of the plaza to make sure they're not two-timer in disguise. I had strong reason to believe this is where he was hiding. Disguise? How's he going to do that? The man has two heads. Uh, well, uh... Better check the really fat ones. And so, after every bewildered tenant has been frisked by Cityopolis police... Well, all we managed to find was a couple of people needing care for heart attacks brought on by your attack, Night-Night. Hmm, uh, well, gotta go. I just remembered something I gotta do. What? Night-Night! Get your ass back here! Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. What did I do? Oh god, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> no, no, no. I almost fell into the trap of believing that I was somehow responsible for all of this. But no. Two-timer is to blame, and he alone should bear the shame. Need to contact Bubo. Meanwhile, across town at the site of the old abandoned toilet factory, Bubo has indeed found the two-timer gang. Well, well, well. Look who's there. Now all I gotta do is sneak up on him and hit him with the natty-night gas. I hope it's more than 2,000. Don't be stupid. It'll be two million dollars. All that for a stupid dog statue? Man, he must be eccentric. Hey, maybe we can squeeze a little more out of him. No. No. There's two million. Two. No more. No less. Almost got him. Nothing's gonna stop me now. Bubo! Bubo, come in! No, oh, no! Is that night night I hear? Bubo, answer me, damn you! Look, boss, it's Bubo! What is this? The silent treatment? You little. Oh, get. I dropped my night gas. I gotta get out of here! There he goes. Just follow the sound of Night Night's voice and shower that little picker head with bullets. <laughs> gotta get out He's getting away in that car. Quick, let's get after him in the van. But boss, the night car is super fast. Yeah, he seems to be having trouble. If we hurry, we can catch him. Now, now everybody fasten your seatbelts and hit safety first. Shut up, damn it. Damn stupid car. Can barely do 50. Oh no! I recognize that van behind me. It's two timer! And he's gaining on me! Damn, he's going at a snail's piece. Alright, pull over on his side and give him a blast. Nighty night, Masked Marvel. 
Boss, that car's bulletproof. But the glass is weakening. Keep firing at the cracks, and soon it'll give way. Meanwhile, in the sky above, the night jet has homed in on Bubo's cell phone. Ah, stupid Bubo and his granny driving. The idiot doesn't know how to outrun two-timers' van. Looks like it's up to night night to save his ass. Now, get him in target. One missile ought to do it. What's that? Is that a rocket? What? Oh, And after the smoke clears... Bubo, get your ass in the jet. <coughs> what about the Bubo car? It's totaled because you're too stupid to understand the concept of evasive maneuvers. But the car wasn't fast enough. Ah, hush up! Now, oh, where's Two-Timer? Ah, there he is. Two-Timer, get your ass up. You're going to jail. Damn you, Night Knight. I... I think you broke both of my legs. I'm sure you wouldn't have it any other way. Two-Timer. What? Oh, because it's two legs! <laughs> I'll kill you for this. Both of you. Now, 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 come dead. Besides, what Mr. Knight said is true. One broken leg would have been very upsetting. Shut up, shut up! <laughs> yeah, and better yet, both thugs are dead too. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, okay, Bubo, that's enough of that. Now, where's that damn double-headed Anubis? Hmm, I, I think it's, I think it's these pieces of broken up shit. What? Oh, no. That's what happens when you fire a missile into a van, asshole. Shit. What a colossal waste of my valuable time. Well, at least you avenged the death of Dr. Shathid. Who? That guy with the snake that bit his balls. Ew, gross. Don't remind me. Let's get out of here and leave two-timer to the police, Bubo. Thus ends another amazing adventure of Night Night. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? <laughs> oh, that Night Night. What a hero, huh? Yes, yes. Well, it's time to turn out the lights here at uh, RadioMisfits.com. And once again, I want to thank Joe Conti for being my guest. And uh, a special thanks to David Copperfield for giving little George a home. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. <laughs>